This is Alex. And this is Mason. And this is The Overcompetitive Bystanders. And this is our show where we share our strong opinions about things we don't know anything about. One of us favors college, one of us favors NFL. Let's see how this goes. All right, so this week, because there was only... So there were 10 games with conference championship weekend. Right. And so there really aren't that many opportunities for Poo Poo Team of the Week. Um, And it's also hard to say that teams are nominees for Poo Poo Team of the Week because they're still division champions. And so... There's, I don't have four nominees this week, is what I'm saying. Okay, I think that's fair. You have at least one nominee, though, right? I have one nominee and okay. a winner. Okay. And by that, I mean they are the same. Um, I so, figured as much. There was only one team, really, this week that was bad enough. There were a few that I thought about putting up there, but there weren't. I mean, none of them felt like they deserved the disrespect of being named as poo poo team of the week because of their conference championship game. Fair enough. That makes sense. So the poo poo team of the week is, and this is the last poo poo team of the week, probably until the end of bowl season. And then we will probably name a poo poo team of the week for bowl season as a single week. And then we'll also have the poo poo team of the year that we'll discuss later. But, The final week of Poo Poo Team of the Week is Utah, um, which is so fitting because week one, it was Utah that started the Poo Poo Team of the Week. Yeah, it's gone full circle. It's gone full circle. Um, So absolutely beautiful. Always love that. Um, And so Utah was Poo Poo Team of the Week for absolutely shitting the bed against Oregon. Yep. They did... I mean, they had a shot at the playoff. I firmly believe had they beaten Oregon, they would have got in over Oklahoma. I I agree. I 100% agree. Especially with how Oklahoma went to overtime against Baylor. Yeah. It would have have been Utah walking in. They would have been fine. Yep. There was no one else competing. It was between those two. Apparently, Georgia was in the conversation, even though I don't think they belong there. Um, Well... It's the whole idea of where if Georgia beat LSU, then yeah, they go. Well, duh. But you just don't, it it just wasn't happening. So all of my conversations I had about this were always just like, well, assuming LSU beats Georgia, this is the real debate. Because if they beat LSU, there was no debate. It was Georgia. And if they lose is when things are actually interesting. And everyone thought they would lose, and they did. So convincingly convincingly yeah by by a lot so utah had a shot to have their best season of a decade um one of the best seasons in program history an opportunity to prove themselves an opportunity to just be just have an awesome time and from the get-go you could tell they were not they were not going to win it yeah, I don't know if they were just looking ahead towards the playoffs and just like assumed that they were better than Oregon, so they were gonna win. Like that's yeah, it, it just think, felt like they weren't they didn't game plan very well, is what I saw. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Like they um, they looked like very similar to that USC game, except for you can give them the excuse in the USC game because the quarterback changed at the last minute and mm-hmm. there was no way to game plan for that. You, you, yeah. you have a whole year of 
tape to game plan against Herbert. He didn't do anything different than he normally does, and he no. torched them. Yeah, it was it was pretty ugly. It was I. I think definitely the fact that Oregon... So the thing that Oregon and USC have in common that nobody else in the Pac-12 has is that they are the most athletic and fastest teams in the conference. 100%, yeah, yeah, I agree. And so it makes sense that that's who Utah struggles with. But at the same time, so many of their mistakes and so many of their problems had nothing to do with the fact that Oregon was fast. Was the fact with the fact that Oregon was athletic? It just had to do with the fact that they didn't look ready. They didn't look like they were coming out to fight. They looked like, and I, I honestly believe, they looked past Oregon. They were debate. They were saying, you know, where are we going to land? Are we going to make the college football playoff? They weren't asking themselves, are we going to win the conference? And Oregon said, we're not going to make the college football playoff but we're we're going to be able to go and win the conference. Yeah. And so they took it more seriously than Utah did and by the time Utah woke up, they had already been punched in the mouth. They were already down by I think two touchdowns or 10 points. Yeah. Um, and then it it just was too late. It they couldn't do anything. Well, and the thing was is their defense started out well. I mean, I think it was the first drive they scored on um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I I I came to the the, the game starting 7-0. I, yeah. I, anyways, um, but after that, their defense was doing pretty well, mm-hmm. but their offense wasn't doing anything, and so their defense kept having to come on the field and slowly but surely. But but to to to, to be it should be said on that like those that three points, I'm pretty sure it was a turnover given and it gave Oregon the ball at like the 26 yard line something like that. Or yeah, there was one of those. There was the blocked punt. That, I think that's what I'm talking that about. Killed them on on that blocked punt. Yeah, they got the ball like the 26, and they had to settle for for a field goal mm-hmm. because their defense looked great. They 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 did what Patriots they did their job. Oregon tried to do all these fancy screens and mm-hmm. fakes, and they did their job, and they got the tackles, yeah. and they stopped them. And it wasn't until the second half that the defense started to deteriorate, and yeah. Oregon just ran the ball up the middle. Oh yeah, by the and by the end that's it was when bad. it hurts. When when a team just says we're gonna run straight up the middle and they're still breaking twenty thirty yards, yeah. that hurts. That's when you know you're you're done. Yeah, you you better be in the lead convincingly at that point. <laughs> yep. Because yep, that's the rough part. That so. that's how the we'll talk about the Ravens and the Forty ers beat people as they get ahead and then they just run it down your gut it's until you lose. Rough. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And so. uh I Congrats think it, to Utah for being Poo Poo Team of the Week this week. Yeah, uncontended. Uncontended. <laughs> clearly the Poo Poo Team of the Week. Yeah. Um, so just to wrap up some of the other um, bowl, or some of the other conference championships. Well, sorry, I want to talk about. I I I will say I think Herbert played himself up a couple spots in the draft in this game. Oh, I think yeah, he he, did he look looked good. really good in this game against a t- defense that's been called elite. They yeah. didn't. By the end of the night, they didn't look elite. Uh-huh. But well, that was the thing. So even going into that game, um, like the general discussion was that Ohio State doesn't want to play Utah because Ohio State, and I thought this was interesting. It was national guys. This wasn't Utah guys talking. 
Right. Is they were saying that Ohio State hasn't really played a defense that's as good as Utah. They've right. played good defenses, but they felt that Utah was that elite level of defense and that that's what Ohio State hadn't really gone up against. Right. And that that would cause that could cause problems for Ohio State. That wasn't to say oh, Ohio State would be in trouble. Right. But that would be the more interesting matchup for Ohio State to play than for them to play Oklahoma because they knew that Oklahoma doesn't have a good enough defense and Ohio State could boat race them and they have a good enough defense to stop them and it's easy. Whereas yeah. at least with Utah, their defense could be good enough to keep them in the game and then it becomes more of a question. And so that was the thing that was sad was that Utah's defense wasn't even elite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they had they showed signs early on, mm-hmm. but even even early on, I, I they just looked like, I mean, above average, of course. Yeah. But like, it's like nothing special. Nothing I'm gonna go on ESPN and talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was dumb. But um, so the next game was uh, Boise State beat Hawaii pretty soundly they looked good um i was hoping that they'd do well enough to jump in the uh, college football playoff um rankings so that way they could steal the new year six bowl but it didn't matter because memphis won and so boise didn't have any hope of jumping them you you paused there for a second so it sounded like you were saying i really wish Boise State had won and played themselves into the college football playoff. Oh, no, yeah. I was going to say, I don't care what that Boise State team showed up and did. They were not playing themselves in the playoff. No, No. actually, you know what? That would have been an interesting discussion. So had Boise not lost to BYU, they would have been undefeated and they wouldn't have made it. But there was kind of like a murder scenario where there were enough two loss teams. Right. With, with enough chaos, with enough chaos where it's, and, and we weren't far off this year. Yeah. We got, we were getting there. And so it's this whole idea of like, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, but that would have been, that would have been cool to have seen that. But yeah, Cincinnati Memphis was an awesome game. Um, Memphis just looked like the better team. They looked great. I think they'll do well in their bowl. Um, but I I I was impressed by both teams. Um, Oklahoma played with its food. Um, yeah. It got an early lead on Baylor and then just kind of sat back. And Baylor came back into it, forced overtime, and Oklahoma handled it. Hold up, hold uh, up. You you skipped a very important part of that game. Okay. So towards the very end of that fourth quarter. Baylor has fought itself back to 20 points. They are backed up to their like five yard line. They run a screen play that looks like it's going for the touchdown. It looks like Baylor's going to win this game. And Mm -hmm. I, I'm sorry to whatever, whatever your name is, number six, but number six in Oklahoma made the play of the game, ran Mm -hmm. this guy down from look like he had like a 15 yard head start. Mm Mm-hmm raced him down, tackled him at like the 15 yard line. Oklahoma was able to hold them to a field goal, taking it to overtime in which they won. But if not for that single play by number six, this game's over and Baylor's probably going to the playoff. Baylor handles it. Yep. Which would have been wild. 
and would have made Utah even more upset because they knew they would have made it over Baylor. Yeah, there would have been no discussion. Yep. They all they had to do is win to beat Baylor. Yep. So unfortunately, um, the next game was that uh, Whiskey almost pulled it off against Ohio State. They were up twenty-one seven at halftime. Yeah, but what was and the score? And then at the Ohio end? State said, "Oh yeah, we do need to win," and then just murdered them in the second half. Now I think Ohio State realized in the first quarter we can get we can lose this game and we're still going to the playoffs. And then like halfway through, they realized, but we probably should win this game so we get the higher seed. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, and they I mean, uh, that, that game probably I mean I mean that game definitely lost them. I don't think LSU played themselves into the first spot. I uh-huh. think Ohio State lost or didn't like lose, but like played themselves into second place in the the rankings. With, with... yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what it was. Ohio State fell down to the two, but yeah, yeah it's because wish... Ohio State. I think they beat a good team, but they didn't look as impressive yeah. as LSU did in absolutely controlling that game against Georgia. Right. From start to finish, there was no question. But I think if Ohio State does the same thing to Whiskey, mm-hmm. they keep the number one spot. Oh, I agree. One thing that I found out that I really liked learning this week was that for conference championship weekend, the entire college football committee gets together all weekend and watches all of the games together on split screen. That's pretty cool, but it also kind of like if somebody starts a narrative while they're watching the game, like that narrative is probably going to be adopted by everyone watching. Exactly. And so the fact that Ohio State struggled against Wisconsin and then it was uh, directly after that game that they voted. Right. Because that was the last game. And so they had just watched Ohio State struggle early against Wisconsin and then pull it off in a convincing fashion. Um, but f- it was fresh on their minds, and they had just sat there and talked for hours about, yeah, this Ohio State team probably isn't as good. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what dropped them. It's, and I thought that was really cool. Apparently, there have been a few media members that have tried to get in and watch with them, right. and they won't say That'd anything. Be cool. They won't let them. I'd love to watch. The, I'd just like to th- hear what they say while they watch the games. Like, what are yeah. they thinking about while they're watching this these games? Yep. What are they watching for, specifically? Yeah, that, that too. Yep. Because, um, like, with Clemson, Clemson murdered Virginia. I mean, oh, yeah. absolute slaughter. Oh, yeah. They, they made them look like an FCS team. Yeah. And like, it's the whole idea of okay, so what were they wanting to see there? Like, could Clemson have won by enough where they would have jumped Ohio State? I don't think Clemson ever had a chance of getting number one or number two unless Clemson and and or Ohio State lost. And it also comes down to the idea of could, Cle- it, could Clemson's loss, had Utah won, have led to Clemson falling out? but Utah and Oklahoma making it in like it would have been interesting to see like what was the committee looking for as they all watch it together. Yeah. That'd have been really interesting because like, I I think uh, we said this last week, if Clemson lost, they did not deserve to be in that playoff. I don't know. I keep bouncing back and forth of where I think their schedule doesn't deserve it, but it's not necessarily Clemson's fault. 
that their conference is ass. No, but and I they scheduled Texas A and M for non conference. Right. So it's not like their non conference was just looking for nothing. Yeah, they 100%. said, here's an SEC team who is expected to be okay. Like Yeah. They they didn't they didn't they weren't dodging the fight. They just murdered everyone on their row in similar fashion of where like Utah had basically the same argument. Yeah. The PAC 12 is weak and, and we're not really that great. Like our strength of schedule isn't great, but we're murdering people. So that's why we should get in. And I feel like that's Clemson's argument. And it's a much stronger argument. Right, but I think the same thing as Utah is whereas I, I understand Utah has already lost to USC, so that kind of changes it. But it's whereas like this is the best team you're gonna be facing all year. Mm-hmm. How are you gonna do in this game? And if you can't beat that team and when the push comes to shove, like I just I I keep him out of the playoffs, assuming that if the games had gone the same, I probably I definitely put Clemson in over Baylor. Mm-hmm. But I think if Oklahoma and Utah win, I, I put them both in over a Clemson who loses to Virginia. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But it doesn't um, matter now. No. So to talk a few news items, um, the first one was that Utah got a grad transfer from South Carolina's quarterback, Jake Bentley. I wrote down Jack Bentley. Don't mm. know why I did that, nice. but it's Jake. Um, he is a two-year starter at at South Carolina. That's crazy. And he's jumping over to Utah. So do you like, think he starts? I feel like he has to. I feel like he has to. You don't grad transfer without thinking that you're the starter. What what who's the guy? Who am I thinking of? Are you thinking about the rising, the the Texas guy? No, not at Utah. The, the guy who transferred this year, big school and ended up not starting. Oh, 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 uh, the one who went from Ohio State to Miami. Yeah, uh, that one. Tathan, oh. Tathan Martell. Okay, I was going to say Tartar, but I knew that wasn't it. Yeah, it's Tate Martell, but we found out that his true legal name is Tathan. Okay, well, 100% we're calling him Tathan from now on. Yeah. So, um, like, I mean, there's always a chance of that situation with Tathan where you, you grad transfer, and I'm sure the coach said, like, well, but, you're, you're uh, most likely Tathan wasn't start. a grad transfer. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, so not I, just to kind of get off, but I don't I don't want to bash Tathan too much. No, so please bash he, him. He jumped. He originally was a Texas A and M recruit, right? And then because he wasn't going to be a freshman starter game one, he decommitted and committed to Georgia. And then similarly, when they didn't love him and promised to start him day one. He transferred to Ohio State and then or he he committed to Ohio State and signed right. there. And then he went to Ohio State and as a freshman he didn't start. And so then he transferred to Miami. And at Miami he didn't start and they moved him to wide receiver. And so at the end of the season he announced that he was transferring. Oh God. And, and then he announced that he's not transferring. And he he's very happy in Miami. Wouldn't and, he lose a year of eligibility if he transferred at this point? Yeah, he would. I think, he already did. Yeah, I well, think, I guess like he it, lost his redshirt year, but it's it, it's so much stuff. But like, my favorite part was like the tweet that he had that was like, 
I love Miami. He was like, I would never transfer. Like the rumors that I'm going to transfer are false. But it was like his Twitter (laughs) account like a week before that was like, please respect my wishes. Uh... I'm transferring. And it was like, dude, like this is you. Like no one is saying this but you. Yeah, we're not perpetuating rumors. We're just saying what you already said. Yeah. And so I kind of feel bad. Like people have talked about how it sounds like he really does have, like there are some problems going on there. Yeah. And a lot of people think that either one or both of the Miami transfer announcements were probably under the influence of something. Uh, Probably. Um, And so uh, sounds like there may be some, some real issues there. Um, but yeah, so I mean, transfers don't always pay off, but I think Jake Bentley can turn around and look and say, well, let's see who's, who's the Heisman, uh, finalist this year. Oh, Jalen Hurts, who transferred from Oklahoma to, or from Alabama to Oklahoma as a grad transfer and, uh, Joe Burrow who transferred from Ohio state to LSU. Oh, and Justin Fields who transferred from Georgia to Ohio state. Um, so three of the four Heisman finalists are transfers, and I think Jake Bentley is kind of like, that's what I can do. Okay. I mean, and it would have been a lot bigger for him had they won this bid yeah. into the playoffs, but yeah. still a good team. And He's so consistently top 15. Yeah. Top 20. Um, so I think it's a great shot for, for Utah. Um, we talked about this a little bit, but Utah got – their Texas transfer who had to redshirt last year. Right. And then they also got a Baylor transfer this past, these past couple weeks. And so that's three quarterbacks that they have transferred. And are, it's like two, four stars and a three star, right? Yeah. I think they might even all three be four star guys. Jesus. That's um, a lot of talent. I mean, so yeah. there's that, that the Baylor guy who probably won't play quarterback. He'll play whatever, probably wide receiver is usually where they move them tight end sometimes i don't know what body type he has i've never seen him before but yeah um he's probably not playing quarterback with with yeah i've heard rumors that that they're gonna try and move him to corner the baylor guy okay that's um i don't know that was the reason he left baylor was because he was promised that he'd get a shot at quarterback and then day one he showed up and they never gave him a shot at quarterback so i do think that wit at least has to say like yeah day one Give it a shot. You're in third place right now. Yeah. But, hey. We will 100% give you a shot. But as soon as it becomes clear that you're not a starting quarterback, you better not talk back when we tell you to report to secondary coaches. Yeah, exactly. Because that's kind of like the promise he made when he moved over, from what I understand. Yep. And so I think think it's promising. This is something that Utah – had never really had before like utah's never been a transfer destination yeah um but this is what happens when you are in the debate for the college football playoff you all of a sudden become a place where players look at and go hey i can succeed there like yeah and and even if like maybe your team isn't the best isn't the most most athletic winning is contagious and so players will want to come to you whereas if you're trash no one wants to come to you. Yeah, I think the the, the other the other thing 
is is like it's a big school but it's not like ohio state big where you kind of get lost in the crowd if you're really good you'll stand out at utah like zach moss stood out everybody knew who zach moss was because he was the best player for the yeah. university of utah who's a top 10 team so yeah. like if, if you being the quarterback for utah one you're more likely to get the start um compared to what one of those more top schools i guess but mm-hmm. two like you're gonna shine more like th- you go to utah mm-hmm. nobody's gonna be like oh yeah but look at all the weapons he has mm-hmm. it's like i'm sure they'll have a star wide receiver or running back yeah i'm sure they'll have one of those and their defense is always good but as a star on that offense you will shine and star on that defense you'll you'll get shouts you'll get mm-hmm. recognized as being a standout on an elite defense mm-hmm. which i think is huge yep yep so, i think that's the thing they can they can get good attention so, so. I, I think that's actually going to become more popular where schools like utah where they're where they're top programs but they're not like ohio mm-hmm. state alabama top so that you can you can shine you can you can yep. show like hey i'm a special player i'm not just another ohio state player yep well and it's the whole idea of being um like the big fish in a small pond right. type of thing and it's what boise state has thrived off of forever oh yeah it's the idea that you get players that maybe get an invite you know maybe get a scholarship offer from utah from from the pac 12 schools that are not top of the Pac-12, but middle or lower, Boise State turns around and says, hey, like, yeah, you can go be a defensive end for Indiana, like, right. and that's fine, that's good. And maybe you'll get some attention, you'll play in some big games, but if you come to Boise, Boise State, you'll be a two-year starter, and this is Boise State. Like, you'll get recognition. And although it's technically a, a little lower level, there's more fame, there's a name recognition, and that's what Utah's trying to build. Yeah, right. we're not Ohio State. Yeah, we're not Alabama. But for that not-quite-blue-chip ratio team, we're we're one of the best. We're right there pushing on the boundary. Yeah, we'll be fighting be for that spot. Yep. This is the same so, thing with Boise State. Boise State will likely never be playing for a playoff spot until they expand it. Yeah. But they'll be playing for that New York New York. New Year's Eve, New Year's Six. Holy crap! That's wow. That took a little while to find that. I I, I have NY Six in my head, and I can't yeah. say New Year's Six. New York Six and the New York Six, New Year's Eve, and six. yeah, that. that was a rough one. Yeah, that was, um, that was rough. All right, so we'll we'll talk about the next point. Um, so Jordan Love, there's been some discussion about him. Um, so a couple weeks ago there was a tweet that an NFL scout put out when he was in Logan that said the rumors that Jordan Love is transferring to Texas Tech is not true. Um, it was kind of a weird thing for the NFL scout to be like, oh, I know about this. Yeah. Because it's like, well, weird. obviously, like, if the NFL scout wants to give Jordan attention, he's like, no, yeah, Texas Tech, that's that's not my plan. Right. Um. Well, just the other day, some more rumors have broke that Jordan is looking at grad transferring to either Oklahoma, Houston, or Texas Tech, um, okay. which I think are, are all good options. Today... Yeah, I mean, I, if I could go to Oklahoma as a quarterback... Yeah, as a... 
as a grad transfer quarterback, yeah. let's look at the list. He's as, in a good spot. As a grad transfer who's already been talked about being drafted relatively high in the NFL draft. Yep. Like yep. I, right now he's projected in the second round. Yeah, depends on where you're at. CBS Sports has him going late first round right now. Wow, okay. Um, most that I've seen have him going third-ish. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so Jordan today, he just announced a, about an hour or two ago, he is officially declaring for the NFL draft. Okay, cool. So... I was going to say, I saw that. tweets this, this today with rumors that Jordan Love had entered the transfer portal. So yeah. that's, I'm, glad, I'm glad to hear he's entering the NFL. Go so ahead. my thing is he will enter the transfer portal if he doesn't like the draft reports that he's getting. Okay. It's going to be the whole situation where he declares for the draft. He has up until a certain time when he can, he can back out. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know when it is necessarily. Um, if he hires an agent, he can't. Right. But because uh, it's not like the the college one where you can hire an agent now. Um, but if he declares for a draft and he goes, he doesn't like what they're saying. Like, say that they say, "Yeah, you're a fourth round pick. We're seeing you in the fourth round," and he turns around and says, "Hey." Oklahoma's given me attention. I can go there, they and I can succeed there, and I'll be a first round pick after that. Perfect, go do it. Like, I mean, especially since your your draft stock has dropped this year, mm-hmm. mostly from what I've seen because of the weapons he has. There has been like a slight decline in decision making, but I think even that might be partial to yeah to the wide receiver he has. I so my take on the decision making is I think he's gotten rattled and so he's kind of gotten frustrated um and so he's taking risks he doesn't need to take he's not looking the field over well because he's concerned about pressure um and I this one I don't know maybe this is it this is a semi recent thought that I've had mm-hmm. um I wonder if he's kind of checked out mentally. I can see some of that. Like, I am not going to look as good as I could while playing for this team. Like, yep. I, I think part of it is there of, like, watching people like Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts and Jason, uh, not Jason Fields. Um, Justin Fields. Justin Fields um, succeed at these 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 high schools and he's thinking of himself i could do that mm-hmm. like i, I could, I could look really good at one of those schools yeah but i'm here but i'm here at utah state at utah state and i don't have a line that'll block for me because everybody's gotten hurt and my wide receivers are dropping half the balls i'm throwing at them and like yeah, they can't get separation and the defense is dropping eight when they play me and i'm just in trouble and so yeah i i I get it. I think it it makes sense. So um, I'm going to go back to what I talked to about a few weeks ago, though. I I mean, depending on how far he's going to follow. Like, I, I think you're right. I think if they say fourth round, I can kind of get going to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, who's going to be drafting a quarterback in the fourth round? Not a team that's desperate for a quarterback. You're going to get it. 
So you're likely not going to the Chargers. You could go to the Packers, though. We'll yeah. talk about it today, but Aaron Rodgers recently suggested that he might be closer to retiring than we thought. Oh, so, really? like, yeah, it's one of our topics for today. But um, uh-huh. he mentioned he's coming up on the 18th hole and he's not going to play forever is the quote he said. Okay. So, like, that would honestly, like, maybe not Wisconsin is ideal. Yeah. But playing for the Packers is that's a that's a good organization to be with yeah yeah where you're you're playing behind Aaron Rodgers for a year or two and then he retires and you get the reins of a playoff level teams it seems every year yep you have an opportunity to keep a legacy going yeah yeah that's pretty ideal to me yeah whereas if you all of a sudden play yourself into the top 10 of the first round Uh who would you get drafted by this year the Bengals Yep. The, the Redskins, dolphins. maybe? The like, dolphins. what are you going to do? Yeah. I don't think the Jets are... I don't think the I mean, the Jets might, but you're not looking to start over Donald or Darnold right now. Um, yeah. That'd be a like, poor decision. Yeah. But, yeah. So, no, I agree. I think it's the idea that him falling... Like, it's not the type of thing you want. You want to be that early draft pick because, you know, one, it's a bigger paycheck. Right. And two, it's your ego. It's, I was a big draft pick. But at the same time, like your career can do better if you fall back a little bit, fall into the right spot, and you can do great. Yeah. You you might make more money on your rookie contract by getting drafted in the first round. But I would I would I would argue that by getting drafted by a better organization, you mm-hmm. you're more likely to succeed and make more money in the future. Yep. So if you think you're gonna have like a one off contract and that first year contract is what you're gonna have to live off, then sure. But no quarterback has made their like their money on their first contract. It's that second and third contract where you're making the buttloads of money. So it's just yep. the only reason you would rather go first is if you don't see yourself lasting until the second first if or the second afraid, contract. Yeah. If you're afraid of being a flop. Yeah. So. so all right. So that's all with Jordan. Um just a couple short things. This is so funny. So I don't know if you saw, but the Missouri head coach, the new head coach for Missouri, <laughs> I did. he uh, had his press conference where he was talking about what he was going to do. And he said, first and foremost is we are going to go and win the Sun Belt. Oh, sorry, <laughs> the SEC. <laughs> I mean, I think them winning the Sun Belt is more likely than them winning the SEC. Yeah, I think Missouri, like if Missouri was to set a goal for winning the Sun Belt, they could do it. Them setting the goal for winning the SEC, probably not very likely. Yeah, you're going to so, need some stellar recruiting and a few years of stellar recruiting. Yeah, and so a few years of Georgia and Alabama and LSU having down years. Which, so, I mean, if any year for Alabama to have a down year, it'd be this year. Yeah. Like, yep. I mean, so, Alabama's still a, you know, a a class place to go, but yeah, I believe Alabama. So last week they were 12 this week. They fell to 13 cause Oregon jumped them. Right. I still, I hope they finish at 12 because, well, so I saw this joke and it's not my joke, but I loved it. Okay. So after losing to Auburn, Auburn was ranked 11 and Bama was ranked 12 for how many men were on the field for that punt play. <laughs> That's a good joke. I liked that a lot. I thought that was awesome. Uh, um, did you, did Utah end up ranked higher than Bama and Auburn? Yes. 
Are you okay with that? Uh, I mean, Utah won. Gun to your head, Bama or Utah? Who's better? Bama. How about Auburn in Utah? I think it's pretty close. Same. And that's why I think it's like I understand that Bama lost to Auburn. Uh-huh. It, it's it's kind of like the thing with my my rankings last week where I was struggling to put the 49ers ahead of the Seahawks because the Seahawks beat them. But it's like, one, George Kittle wasn't in that game. And, and two, like, I think you just have to look and see who's the better team, not who beat who. Yeah. But yeah. I guess the rankings so- have never worked like that. The common ranking is basically Utah at 11, Auburn at 12, and Bama at 13. So, yeah. Um, it is, it's close. I mean, I see it, but. Like, I, I see why they put them there because it, uh, it's kind of weird to have them at five and then be like, oh, they lost a game. Now they're worse than these two and three lost teams. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I guess Utah is also two loss. Yep. So, never mind. so the next one is uh, with silly season going on. Um, oh yeah. Get there was silly. talk that Colorado State was going to hire Butch Jones, who was the Tennessee head coach a little while ago, who had the famous "Champions of Life" quote. Did you hear that one? Probably, but I can't think of it right now. It. They were just talking about how. Uh, the, it was in a press conference, and they were talking to him about how like they weren't contenders for like the division championship the conference championship the national championship and basically how like here at tennessee we have goals that are pretty high and you're not meeting any of them right and he said but most importantly these boys are winning the championship of life and then he like i don't remember the full story but he like gave them something that said like champions of life like that's a participation horrible. trophy. Yeah, that's exactly. what that is. Exactly. That's what you you tried. You showed up and tried. And, you weren't and very good. And people were mad about it. And he he got fired partly because of that. Seriously? Um, well, I mean, it, basically, people didn't like him, and then that became like mm. the look. He doesn't even know, like, what we demand. We won't take this champions of life crap. We need championships and right. Okay. I mean, it wasn't like they said this is we're firing you because of this, but it was the public perception that that was part of. Um, But he might be hired by Colorado state because urban Meyer is helping Colorado state find their new head coach. I saw that. That's interesting. I thought that was interesting. Um, So he's, he was an option that's been looked at so far. No one's been hired at Colorado state, so we don't really know. Okay. Um, But the other one that has been talked about for Colorado state, but also is, looks like a semi-leading candidate for UNLV is Dave Aranda, who is the defensive coordinator for LSU and was the defensive coordinator for Utah State in that 2012 season. Right. He is the highest-paid coordinator in college football. As he should be. And he is maybe going to be the head coach for UNLV? I mean, I think despite their recent record... Yeah, I, I, I don't to, to to turn around a franchise. I guess I mean they're the, UNLV is a pretty big name, even if they haven't been good in football in years, like ever. So somebody looked it up. So 
since like the 70s, which in my opinion is when college football started. Right. Anything before that, black people couldn't play on some of the teams. So we're not going to consider that really when the game was going. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That doesn't count. Um, since the 70s, uh, UNLV has had three seasons where they had eight or more wins. Three? And three. Jeez. And one of those years was vacated. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so UNLV is not a good football brand. No. But no. they're trying to revitalize it with right. the new Raiders Stadium, with just everything that's changing. They're trying to have it be where with the new things going on, now we're good. And yeah. Dave Aranda is the type of move. I think UNLV would be really good with Dave Aranda. Yeah. I mean, uh, like at least I, defensively, it depends on who he can get on offense. But yeah, that's a good move. Like, despite the fact that their team sucks right now, like Las Vegas is a good place to to pull to recruit players to. Yeah, and like to bring in a big name coach to build a new stadium and be like, look, we're trying to rebuild our brand. Like, we're gonna be a winning football team. Mm-hmm. Be on that first team be on the team that they write movies about that turned around UNLV. Yep. Yeah, I don't so I don't like UNLV that much. No, I don't either. But if Dave Aranda was the head coach and I'm a high school recruit, UNLV is now one of my teams that I'm considering. Yeah. Like that's I'm I mean I just I love Dave Aranda. I think he's going to be successful anywhere he goes. 100%. And so for him being able to to be a UNLV, I think that's really good for UNLV. Um, and I, I think something like that, if you're able to turn around an organization like UNLV, you have a ticket to go to a whole lot of schools from there. Well, I mean, exactly. That's what Gary Anderson did with Utah State. Was yeah. It was a terrible program. He turned it around. And then within a year of the turnaround, he jumped off to Wisconsin to be the head coach. Right. Dave Aranda has a bigger name than than Gary Anderson ever had. 100%. If if he has one year of UNLV being a division contender, he will be able to jump off to any job he wants. Yeah, like it'll be a good job. So, I, so I mean, if I'm him, I might take that UNLV job if I think they're actually looking to turn their, their the program around. My not big just thing is I don't think UNLV is a good enough job. He could get a better head coaching job. He could probably get a low-level P5 job just fine. Probably, but... The only but reason like, you take UNLV is if you buy into the fact that they're totally revamping the program. And, yeah, I, and I think you're planning to stay there for a few years, too. You're not trying to do, like, a one-year turnaround time type yeah. of thing. Like, I mean, but, like, I'd rather... That's not true. I'd rather I'd rather probably rather coach Arkansas than UNLV. Ooh, that's a good comparison. I'd probably actually go UNLV. UNLV, you can win. Yeah. Like, that's true. you can go 12-0 and 0 at UNLV. Look at San Jose State. San Jose State, yeah. Like, it's not a, like, your program isn't that great, but you can have a spark of excellence because the teams around you aren't as great. Yeah. Arkansas, you still have LSU, Auburn, Alabama, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State in your division. Yeah, that's rough. Like, if you make a bowl game in Arkansas State, you probably had a pretty solid year. Yeah. 
if, and you can make you can win the the conference at San Jose State or at UNLV without even being that great. Well, that's what I'm saying. San Jose State went from being one of the worst teams in the nation to being like a seven seven and five, five and seven. Oh, okay, never mind. Still went five to seven in a single year without anything special happening. Yeah, like just I think a, David, just a slow like progression for yeah. David Rand to turning around a program is going to be a lot easier than San Jose State. I agree with that. So, like, you can be, like, a contender within a year. Yeah. Whereas, like, Arkansas, you're going to have to, like, work yourself to, like, trudge up until you can get better and better and better recruits. Because, like, who wants to go to Arkansas anyway? Arkansas gets the same football players that, like, Kentucky gets because it's the guys who want to play SEC ball but aren't good enough to play for actual like SEC teams. Right. So they go to Arkansas, they go to Kentucky. That so, way they're like, yeah, look at me. Uh, but just so when really, they're 30 they, and in yeah. their office job, they think they can say they played SEC ball in college. Yep. Yep. I get that. Yep. Um, all right. So some of the bowl games that I want to talk about, there's not that many that I don't know, like bowl games are super hit and miss. Um, yeah, for sure. You never know which ones are going to be awesome, and half of them are just going to suck anyway, for one reason or another. I think so automatic tie ins or plans, whatever you call them, are half the reason some of these bulls just suck. Yeah. Um, so I just want to go through some of the games that I figured we would care about. Okay. Um, so, first of all, Utah State is playing Kent State in the Fresno Bowl, or Frisco Bowl, Frisco sorry. Bowl. Frisco Bowl. Um, this game kind of worries me a little bit. Kent State is not good. Looking at their record um, and at their schedule, they haven't really beaten anybody mm-hmm. of any value. Um, but the reason that this game scares me is K- Kent State, this is their first bowl game since 2012, and they have never won a bowl game. They are 0-2 all time. Wow. They will care about winning this game. Yeah, I think Jordan Love should care about winning this game. Yeah. Like, if you're hoping to drive your stock up for the NFL draft, this is the game. This is the game against a crappy opponent who, if you play your game, you can just dominate. I think, like, you can have one of those games where people who are putting you maybe in the fourth round sort of think, okay, maybe he's worth a third or second round pick. Uh huh. But. Yeah, exactly. Like he should care. I actually, I was just thinking. I don't know if he even said he's going to play or not. Because sometimes, oh no, he did say he he said I look forward to putting on my Aggie uniform one final time for our bowl game. Good. Okay. Because a lot say, of times I think it would players be dumb when they announce him. it, they'll say I will not be playing in the bowl game. I get that if you're already a top twenty-five pick. Nah. If like, you I were even I would still considering it. I understand it because you don't want an injury that ruins your pro day. I think I disagree. I I think one, this team has, I mean, it's going to be different once they start paying players. I realize it's not going to be the team playing the players, but basically you're getting paid to play for this team for at least a year. Mm -hmm. Like with everything this team has given you, I think one, you kind of owe your team playing in this bowl game. But two, no, more importantly bowl games don't matter. than that... Bowl games are stupid. They're exhibition games. 
Yeah, but they're exhibition games that can make your drafts go higher. Like, or they can totally ruin your draft. Well, then you suck. What if you tear your ACL? Why play football if you're going to play scared? You're going to no, get injured at some point. That's the thing. You play in games that matter, but that's the problem with bowl games. They don't matter. So bowl games. How does a, a season lot of game are... matter more than a bowl game? What? How does a season game matter more than a bowl game? Because they lead to conference championships. They lead to higher rankings. They can push How you. How for San Jose six. State does a bowl game mean less than a state's a regular season game? I realize San Jose State's a bad example because they're not going to a bowl game. Well, but let's imagine for a second San Jose State managed to go seven and five rather than five and seven, and they're going to a bowl game this year. They were never playing for their conference. It's so the. The problem is for teams that have made bowl games consistently, bowl games don't matter. And so they pl- like teams that make bowl games but then play in a bowl game that's lower level than what they have previously played in historically play pretty poorly because they don't care. And the coaches don't care. Well, that's bowl a personal problem. Are, bowl games are fun. That's that's what most of the coaches say going into bowl games. They have fun game plans. It's a relaxed practice. It's not most of the players and the teams do not take bowl games seriously because they don't matter. They don't are an exhibition that. game. I don't believe that coaches don't take this seriously and then they and moan that players aren't playing in their bowl games. I can't most of the most that, of the coaches aren't and moaning about it. I've heard it's the media quite a few. No, I've heard quite a few coaches. I've heard quite a few coaches complain that their players aren't playing in their their bowl games and it's the same problem with coaches that take jobs and then don't coach the bowl game i i agree i i hate that i don't see i don't see jordan love declaring for the nfl draft any different than matt wells taking the texas tech job and then not coaching the bowl game to be fair i hated he already has his foot out the door he has no intention of of sticking around why why even why even play I understand why he is, team. and I like it, but he, there's no need to. I disagree, but we're never going to agree. So yeah. Um, so the next game is the Utah versus Texas Alamo Bowl. Um, this is similar, where um, Texas and Utah both are going to kind of have this feeling of this sucks that we're only in the Alamo Bowl. <laughs> Right, that we're only playing Texas or that we're only playing Utah. Yeah, like it feels like a much lower one where this could have been like a New Year's Six Bowl and people would have loved it. Like I think both of these teams are still like a higher top 25 level. Um, Even if Texas isn't in the top 25, I think they're both up there. I think Texas has had a really rough schedule and has looked good in the games they lost. Like they were competitive with Oklahoma and uh-huh. LSU. I yep. mean, they were more and competitive Baylor. with LSU than Georgia. Yep. I mean, that's enough for me. Yep. They're a good team. Um, like Utah should not be looking down on Texas. And I mean, Texas has no reason to look down on Utah. Yep. So I think that game, I think Utah should win that game. I agree. But it turns into a question of does Utah just come into it with, with little motivation because they missed out on a conference championship and the playoff. Yeah, and when Rose Bowl. you're when you're when you're planning on playing in either the Rose Bowl or the playoffs, and then you get told you're playing in the Alamo Bowl against a seven and five Texas team, 
Like, I get how you could you could look at that game and be like, I guess I'll play in it. But like, yep. well, it's the same thing that happened last year. Utah had a shot at winning the conference, mm-hmm. and then they lost to Washington in a fairly close game, and then they played in the Holiday Bowl against Northwestern, and yeah. they just didn't look like they cared. And it was um, it was Wit's second bowl game loss ever. And it was it really looked like they just didn't care. And that's what I'm afraid of is last year there was motivation issues. This year it's gonna be even worse and they're playing a much better team. Yeah. You you the you can't look at a bowl game and take anything from it as a team. Like when yeah. Texas played really well against Georgia last year in the bowl game, mm-hmm. it's like great, but one of those teams cared a lot more than the other team. Yep. Exactly. However, any of those Georgia players still could have stood out. They yeah. could have put their stamp on that game and be like, hey, the rest of my team isn't playing, but I'm going to show up. I like how play. you recognize that you were kind of agreeing with me, so then you slowly moved back and went, but the individual players could have looked. No, no, that was the point from the the get-go, was the individual. That's why, why I started with teams don't matter, but individual yeah. matter. No, I agree. That's why I think you play in the game is because as an individual – you try and raise your stock and I think you kind of owe your team. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So the next bowl game that I want to talk about was Boise state versus Washington. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's Las Vegas bowl. It's the Chris Peterson bowl. It is Chris (laughs) Peterson's last game at Washington and he's playing his old team in Boise state. So that's a pretty cool one. I like the story. I'm glad they put that together. That's a good game. That's a good one. That'll be an entertaining game. Yep. The next one is the Cheez-It Bowl, which will be Air Force versus Wazoo, um, which I think will be fascinating because I think Air Force will run the ball 50 or 60 times and pass it maybe five, and I think Wazoo is going to pass it 50 or 60 times and run it maybe five. Right. So awesome. It'll be fun. It'll be a high-scoring game. Oh, It'll yeah. be really entertaining. It'll be a shootout for sure. Um, I think Air Force probably wins it, but we'll see. I guess if one team is running the ball a lot, is it still a shootout? I If it's high scoring, I consider it a shootout. Okay, that's what I thought, but yeah, it kind of feels weird to call. Like it if feels Army weird ran up 60 breaking. points, saying yeah. that Army won in a shootout. Yeah, exactly. Um, the next one is uh, Michigan versus Alabama in the Citrus Bowl. This one feels very similar to Texas versus Georgia last year in the fact that Michigan could win this game and it will create an incredible amount of hype around Michigan just for them to not do that well next year as to what people want. Right. Like one of the, like Alabama is like not stoked for this game. Yeah. Alabama does not care. Like Nick Saban will still be insane, but the players are not going to be motivated. They didn't go to Alabama to play in the citrus bowl. No. Um, no. They got promised that they're most likely playing in the playoffs. Yeah. I expect a lot of their players that are going to go to the NFL will be sitting out. Yeah, I won't be shocked. And they already have a lot of injuries that are affecting them. Mm-hmm. And that's why I could totally see Michigan winning this game. Because oh, yeah. Bama's going to be playing their second and third string guys. And Michigan is going to be playing their starters and they're going to be highly motivated to beat Bama so they could have this awesome bragging right. right. And everyone's going to next season be like, man, Michigan looked good. Look at how they beat Bama last year. 
Yeah. And then they're going to just be the exact same team that they are this year. Like, yeah, they're going to be good. They're gonna middle be, of the top know. 25. We'll lose yeah. Ohio State again, but we'll yep. probably win a game they, they, that we're underdogs in. Yep. They'll probably, like, upset maybe Penn State. Penn State. And then they'll lose to Ohio State. Wisconsin like, or one of those or teams. Wisconsin. Yeah, like – They'll they'll win one of the three important games that they have, right. and they'll lose the other two, and then that'll be it. Yep. So, um, then Oregon versus Wisconsin is the Rose Bowl. Um, I think that's just an interesting game. Yeah, uh, be I mean, good it's two good teams that yep. had like the lost games they shouldn't have, but at the same time, like at other times of the the year, like at certain points of the year, Oregon looked like they could be a playoff team. I, I think Oregon is better than Oklahoma. I I know they lost games they shouldn't, but I think I think our Oregon's a better team than Oklahoma. See, I, I'd really like to see them. I don't play. think they're more deserving, but no, unfortunately. Yep. But yeah, I, I think um, I, I mostly agree. Because I still think Utah's a better team than Oklahoma. Um, I think it's the, close. The That's last why I one... want to watch that game. I really wish Utah and Oklahoma had both won and that they were forced to play a tie-in to get the fourth spot. Yep, the I know last it would never happen, but... is Georgia versus Baylor. Georgia is going to absolutely murder Baylor. Like, this is going to be ugly. If they care. If they care. I think they'll care enough. Yeah, probably. After um, losing. And honestly, I don't think they need to care that much because, like I've said before... Baylor is a seven and four team that has gone nine and two or ten and two, right? Or eleven and two, or like they are not that good of a team. So what does that say about Oklahoma then? Oklahoma is not that good of a team. Okay, I think it goes back to what I was saying, where I think Utah's better than than Oklahoma. I just think the Big Twelve. I think. Oklahoma was the best team out of the Big 12, and they met their requirement by only losing once and winning their conference. But that's it. Like, I, I just, I think they have an awesome offense. They have probably the best offense in the country, and they have an average defense for a Power 5 team, and that's it. And I think most teams would have been able, like, most teams can put up a lot of points. Oklahoma did not look that impressive throughout the year. Baylor did not look that impressive throughout the year. Yeah, when they played good teams, like the, the, that's yeah. the difference between Oklahoma and like Ohio State and LSU. When Ohio State and LSU played good teams, they looked spectacular and usually put those good teams down. Mm-hmm. When Oklahoma played a good team or even like a middling good team like Texas, they beat them, but they played them in a close game and like were able to outshoot them in a relatively close game or closer than it should have been game, especially with like Baylor. Like, I think there's, I think they're a lot better than Baylor compared to how they looked in those games. But I don't know. Maybe I'm. No, I agree. It's, it's the whole idea that even in the games that, that Baylor and Oklahoma pulled off and in games against bad teams, they just never, you know, they never never killed them. I never looked at Oklahoma and I was like, damn, this is a playoff caliber team. Like this, this is easily one of the top four teams. I did early in the season, like the first couple games, they really looked it, That's and true. then they just like it was the whole idea. They never put it into a higher gear, and as everybody else got in a midseason form, mm-hmm. Oklahoma just kind of stayed the same, and everybody else caught up to him, and then Oklahoma was just there. Like, and I think a lot of teams passed him. Yeah. 
Um, and then the last thing I want to say is, so there, I do have a preview. There is one game this week. It's army Navy. Okay. Yeah. Um, Navy should kill them. Navy should do really well. Um, it's really weird how streaky this rivalry is. Mm-hmm. So from 2002 to 2015, Navy won every single game. Wow. From 2016 till now, Army has won them. So it was 14 straight years, and then three straight years has been Army. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting to see if Army can keep that streak going. I don't see it happening. I think Navy wins it. Okay. But it's always good to have Army-Navy week and yeah, how fun. awesome their jerseys are. Oh yeah, they always do a great job with it. Yeah, it'll be fun. So that's all I got for the week. Uh, I just want to say really quickly that I'm just happy we have at least a four-team playoff, so that this Clemson team didn't get snubbed out of a championship game. That is true. Like, I a hundred percent agree with them being number three, but if they yeah, didn't I, get a chance to play there's... for the national championship, that would have yeah. been a that would have. I would have felt like they got snubbed. Yep. So, And that's why what we need to really get change going is we need it to be where all five conference champions and some other people on the side look like they should make the playoff. Yeah, because, like, besides – I mean, we're putting in Oklahoma, like, but besides mm-hmm. – I mean, like, Georgia kind of. Like, Georgia kind of. Oregon kind of. Florida kind of. Yeah. There's a lot of like, like Wisconsin. Yeah, there's an argument. Yeah, but, but what we need is we need it to be where all five conference champions ha- are undefeated or one loss, and we need it to be where they beat teams in the conference championship that are uh, either undefeated or one loss. Right. Like if we have nine teams that are one loss or less, the it'll be chaos. Yeah, it'll be, be the fun. whole idea of like, okay, so who do you put in? Do you put in an undefeated Utah or the one loss Ohio State or the Alabama team that only lost in their conference championship or the Texas team that won the Big 12? Like there has to be that level of chaos before I really think much happens. Yeah, because like, there's nobody outside the top four this year that's like, I'm getting snubbed this year like in the past there have been like that that fifth or sixth team where it's like they really had an like stanford really had an argument or oregon really had an argument to get in the playoffs this year but they got snubbed because there are four better teams it just feels like yep. there's three really really good teams in oklahoma yep exactly and like there's other teams that like you could argue could play in an 18 playoff but I don't see any of them being competitive with LSU or Ohio State. So what's the point? Exactly. Yep. So that that's part of the reason this year is hard because yeah, you really do look at it and say like, okay, cool. Like you could put Utah in there, but who like or Utah or uh, Oregon or anybody? Mm-hmm. But like, really, how much of a difference does it make? Yeah, like it's just going to come down to who's better between Ohio State and LSU, most likely. I mean, Clemson, I'm not going to count Clemson out. Clemson is probably really, really good. Uh-huh. So yep. I, that's what I'm looking forward to is those I mean, three I, teams I'm, seeing who's actually the best out of the three. I'm like 90% sure that Clemson is favored over. Uh, they are. Or they, are they opened two, as right? favorites. But, but. Yeah. 
That's crazy. And I think that's totally fair. I think they should be favorited. I, it's it's hard to argue against it, but I I still think Ohio State should be fair. Ohio State are my favorites. I'll say that. Yeah, you really like Ohio State. You think they I'm should be? Re- I'm really high on Ohio State. I think their offense is really good, and I think their defense is really good, and they play real teams. Like the last three teams they played: number ten Penn State, number fourteen Michigan, and number eight Whiskey. All of them, they looked dominating against these top fifteen teams. Mm-hmm. Like in, I mean, Ellis, you can say the similar similar with um, Georgia and Alabama, mm. but I, I just think if you p- compare the two, their 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 offenses are pretty similar. LSU pro- probably has the better offense, but I think Ohio State clearly has the better defense. Yep. So, and then Clemson has really good offense and defense, but they haven't played anyone to where I can tell you a hundred percent that yes, those offenses and defenses can, can compete with the likes of Ohio state and LSU. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It'll be really interesting. I, I can't wait to watch those, those games. You're right. The rest of the bulls, I don't know how many I'm going to watch, but those, those, those three games for the playoffs should be really, really good and really interesting to watch. Eh, the game between LSU and Oklahoma probably won't be that interesting, but Anyways, you got anything else? No, that's all I got for for this week. All right. I'm pretty sure Kyler Murray flashed a horns down as a hand signal. Yes. Like that was that was Yeah, I saw that. That was awesome. That, I love that's it. That's pretty cool. Um, horns down is the best thing. Yeah. It's just funny to see these rivalries play out in the NFL. Yeah. Have you seen like how there have been a couple like Oklahoma and Ohio State players that have done like the flag? plant yeah. thing i mean yeah nick, Bo- nick, nick bosa um baker mayfield and who did it recently oh it the the other did guy it was Kittle uh, do it no Kittle has, no it was a guy that like i saw it and i was like i don't really know who that player is and they were like and i just saw that it was like he's from ohio state and i was like oh okay yeah, someone else who did it. I don't remember it. But yeah. I remember, I think Baker Mayfield did it first, and then Nick Bosa did it afterwards. Nick Bosa, I, I'm talking about it right now. I think Nick Bosa is one of the best defensive players in the game right now. Like, not even, we're, we're not, I think he should be the the rookie of the year. I think he's that good. Um, Just some of the plays he makes. There was one play against the Saints where he's rushing Drew Brees. And at mm-hmm. a certain point, he realizes that they're doing a screen pass. And so he kind of like backs up and like tips the ball and almost intercepts the ball, like with Drew Brees throwing the ball over. So just, just the way he reads the game, he he's just really, he's just one of the best players that I've he's watched on defense. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch him for years to come because he's really good. I think he's better than his brother. Um, but yeah, um, Jason Garrett should be getting fired, but. He's not going to going to be, uh, especially if they somehow win their division. Um, Jerry Jones came out and said, uh, he okay. said, uh, you've got to remember that when you quit on your coach, then you quit on yourself because we're all a part of this. All right. And I'm thinking, no. When you quit on a coach, you're saying, my team deserves better than this. My team is stacked with all-stars and we're six and seven. Mm-hmm. like losing to teams that we should at least be competitive with. Um, the The only way I see him getting fired is if, and I don't see it, either of these happening, but 
if Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley showed interest in being a Dallas Cowboys coach, I think they could steal the job from Jason Garrett. Um, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, like I, I don't Jerry think Jones Urban's has already shown pro, interest. Though. I don't think he is either, and I I still don't think Lincoln Riley really is either. I think he's content staying at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard rumors about the offensive coordinator at Clemson, Tony Elliott, for the job. Um, okay. But again, I just don't think he gets fired. He should be. He's not good. They, he, mm-hmm. They've been mediocre while under Jason Garrett, and I think they're just too good for their record. So something has to change, and I think it has to be coaching staff. You can't fire the GM because you are the GM, so you kind of have to fire the coach. I, I just don't think he's very good, and for America's team, who's supposed to be one of the best teams every year, I think this year's embarrassing for the brand, and they, they need to kind of wash themselves from this year and be like, oh, well, it was Jason Garrett. We're going to be better now. Um, yeah. Did you hear about the, the Chiefs scare you're going to New Jersey? Yes, I heard about that, about how they didn't unload all of it, so after it was in Boston, the the plane then went to New Jersey and took like – wasn't it like 30 or so? 35, I think, gear? is the number. 35 yeah. players gear. The, the thing I didn't realize when I first heard this story, if they hadn't been able to get the gear back, they would have had to forfeit. Yeah, forfeit. Yeah. Meaning, if this was a morning game instead of an afternoon game, they would have had to forfeit this they game. They would have forfeited. Um, yeah. But they didn't. I thought it was funny, though. Um, in the ESPN article talking about this, they specifically say, Kansas City was responsible, not the Patriots. Yeah, the, the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. What's What's even more funny is, is it wasn't until a couple hours after this that the whole scandal with the Patriots and the Bengals sideline uh, came yeah. out. So they they were already talking about like, there's no conspiracy here. It's all the Kansas City fault. And then a couple hours later, it comes out that. Um, that a Patriots employee was recording the Bengals sideline. Um, so funny. So in case you missed that story, um, the one of the Bengals, one of the people on the sideline for the Bengals, I don't know who it was, noticed that they were being uh-huh. filmed for at least the whole first quarter. So he huh. reported it to the powers that be. Um, shortly afterwards, Adam Scheffner came out and said that they were filming for a documentary and that they were given permission by the Browns to be there. Um, since then, it's come out that the Bengals and the NFL had no idea that they were going to be filming. Oh, really? Right, which which makes that a little bit worse. Um, the thing about the documentary is apparently what they allegedly did back in 2007 during Spygate, they would send like advanced scouts to upcoming opponents and they would have credentials as like Patriots TV or Kraft Productions. Uh-huh. and then film the signals from there. Um, so it's eerily familiar to what, what they supposedly did in 2007. Spygate, yeah. Um, a report by The Athletic, I believe, came out today um, saying that according to a source who viewed the tape, it shows about eight minutes of footage focusing on recording the Bengals' sideline, and it has a direct view of the sideline as coaches made signals for plays. Huh. I, they're... Their um, their documentary was about do your job, and was about like, and they were there to film one of the advanced scouts and like what he does. 
but mm-hmm. I don't see any reason that they're filming the Bengals sideline for eight minutes. Yeah. Um, that's, there's something fishy. Whether, yeah, that feels- now, I can't say 100% that they, or I, I actually doubt that they actually sent this guy there specifically to record uh-huh. the play signals for the Bengals. The only reason that I would believe that is if they had already filmed games before and this is just the one they got caught on. But I can't imagine yeah. that they would just try and cheat just for the Bengals. Like, I get that losing to the Bengals would just be like a huge blow to their, their brand and their organization after as they've been struggling recently. Uh-huh. But like, it's the Bengals. Like, if if you're trying, feel like you have to cheat to beat the Bengals, you already have too many problems that cheating isn't going to solve. Um, uh-huh. My best, the best quote that's come from Belichick out of this, he goes, "We don't knowingly, intentionally, want to do anything that cr- that's across the line." That's a direct quote. Knowingly, intentionally, like he's like. We wouldn't purposely cheat, but um, he's also said that I I haven't viewed any of the footage from this documentary while they're kind of just distancing themselves from it, but it's really looking really bad for the Patriots. Like, they're going to get fined for this. There's going to be some kind of punishment for this because this has already happened. If this was their first time, maybe they could come up with a good enough excuse. But the fact that they've already basically done this before and got caught, like they, they, they're going to face some kind of punishment for this. And it might. So before they, they paid, paid like a, I think the 50,000 or $500,000 fine. I can't remember which one, probably the bigger one. Um, and then they lost their first round pick. Uh-huh. I think the punishment is likely bigger than that this time. You think with so? The, with the fact that this is like a second strike. Well, that more is for true. the Patriots, I mean, it's, the it's more thing. like for like yeah. a fifth strike. But, you know. Yeah. The same thing as what? As like what they've got caught with before, yeah. Like yeah. the second strike idea. Yeah, it's like – and it's specifically the same thing as before. Like yeah. apparently this is exactly how they did it before. And like I, th- I think that warrants um, punishment. Um, and yeah, a big, I agree. And, and a bigger like if if you don't learn the first time, we're gonna punish you harder the second time, so you hopefully learn your lesson. Um, uh, another big story that had nothing to do with the football game this week: uh, Le'Veon Bell was ruled out Saturday night to play in the game Sunday. Five hours later, he was um, he was seen out in public playing bowling. Um, and oh, it, really? it was like late, he was out late bowling huh. and I don't know whether or not he was drinking, but I don't know anybody who, who's not religious, who plays bowling and doesn't drink. Doesn't at least have something. Yeah. So like, it, it's just like, kind of like this, okay, you're too sick to play in the game. So you're going to go out and bowl that night. Yeah. I, I think it's just bad optics. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. More, um, he also took the time to mention that he feels like he's being underutilized by the Jets. He feels like, given the opportunity, he would he would do a lot better. And it's like, yeah, I mean that's what we all say. We all would do a lot better. Yeah, if they just give me the ball more, it's like, yeah, sure. But 
like they're not giving you the ball for a reason. Like these coaches aren't dumb. Like if if giving Le'Veon Bell would win them games, uh-huh. they would be handing the ball off a lot more. But one, Bell just hasn't been productive this year. Like he's had a few good games, but like over the year, he hasn't been very productive. He's not like Le'Veon Bell of two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they might be underutilizing him, but I think part of it's because he's not playing to what they expected a couple years ago when he played for the Steelers. Um, mm-hmm. And then news came out today that the salary cap is expected to go up to between 196 million and 201 million. Currently it's 188 million. Um, okay. So it looks between eight and 12 million increase. Yeah. That's like a, and like 5%. Yeah. It's like, it's enough to play, pay like a, not a star player, but like a, a good player. A good player. Yeah. So, I mean, helps out teams like the Rams that are playing a lot of, paying a lot of stars and yeah. don't well, have and it's, cap it's weird to compare it to like the NBA. Right. Cause so the NBA salary cap is just over a hundred million. And that's 15 players that they have on their roster. And most of those players are on minimum contracts or rookie right. contracts. Yeah, most of, the, so, most of the 100 million is going to about five players, six players. Yeah. Where, so they're paying, you know, basically 20 million, 15 to 20 million per starter is pretty normal right now. Right. There are players like Chris Paul that is getting. Chris Paul's getting like thirty to forty million a year. That's thirty to forty percent of your team's salary cap is on a single player. Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. That's I crazy. remember when I saw it, it was just an absolutely insane amount of money to be paying forty year old Chris Paul. Yeah. Oh, so this year Chris Paul is making thirty eight point five million. Holy sh but his contract is still tied together to where he will be making $44.2 million at the age of 36 in his last year of the contract. How many – is this like his 16th year in the NBA? Something like that. I wish that I could, in like when I'm like 36, be p- being paid that much money as like a – he's not washed up, but he's not like – Anthony he's he's getting old. Level. Yeah. Yeah. He's old. That yeah. that's a lot of money. I wish I could make that much money. Yeah. It's so crazy. But yeah, that's all it's so it's interesting to compare that to where Jared Goff is getting about thirty five million a year and that's like a crazy high deal. It's and like people are saying like it's one of the worst deals. It's not. I mean it's pretty close, but it's not. Well, I mean I would say Chris Paul is one of the worst deals in in the NBA right now. Yeah, but, probably. So um, a little background on that one. It's because he is the Players Association president. Uh, and so when he was like figuring out all the stuff, so much of it like went to his benefit. Yeah. <laughs> like sure. exactly what works well for him. Yeah. We've, we've seen similar in the NBA or not the NBA, the NFL where there's a lot more veteran players. You can see where veteran players are treated. Whereas like rookie contracts are awful. Terrible. Yep. So we'll see. Uh, 
that's about it as far as news for this week. Um, all right, so kind of the tradition of my almost top 10 teams. Um, so the Bills should probably be 10, but I have an excuse to put the Rams in at number 10, so I'm taking it. So the Bills have been kept out. Um, their defense is really good. Like maybe one of, if not the best, like all around defense in the league. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think that offense is enough to beat these top teams. They were, I mean, they, they were within a touchdown against the Ravens who are the best team in the league. So, I mean, they can, like, I think I, I've said it before. They'll, they'll be in every game. I just don't think their offense is good enough to win these tough games against the Chiefs or the Ravens or the um, Patriots, probably. Although, I would like to see that rematch, right? I, I, I We will. I don't think they played twice. I think... Oh, yeah, they play next week. Okay. So, yeah, that Bills-Patriots game will be fun to watch next week because with how bad the New England offense has been that defense might be able to take control of the that game and it's going to be a highly defensive game so most of you probably won't enjoy that game but i'm kind of a weirdo in that i enjoy tough defensive close games where the score is 10 to 3 at the end of the game um but yeah the bills are but bills are outside the top 10 just because they lost to the ravens and i want to put the rams at 10 um Texans also lost this week um, and, and and lost their way out. I just – I don't know where the Texans are at. Um, mm-hmm. Like, their defense wasn't very good this week. They got manhandled by Drew Locke, which I do want to talk about him in a minute. Um, but they did not look very good in, in this game, like, all around the board. Their offense didn't look great, and their defense didn't look great. So, um, I just we'll see. It's going to be between them and the Titans now for the for the for the, for the conference uh, or for the division. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Drew Locke has looked really good for the Broncos. Like he's looked like he he's could the guy be to go the, with. Yeah, the starter to to go with. Um, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Um, Kyle, I said the same thing about Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. And now I, I, uh, if I'm the Panthers, especially since I fired Ron Rivera, I'm keeping Cam Newton for another year. Kyle, Kyle Allen has kind of cemented himself as a transitional player and like a top backup player. Mm-hmm. Um, he just has regressed a lot in the past few weeks now that teams have had tape on him and just haven't been impressed recently. Um, it should be noted that the, the Panthers got demolished by the Vi- the Falcons this week. And like part of me wants to think, Oh, that's just because the, Vi- the Falcons have all of a sudden hit this second win this season and have looked really good and are, are now a decent team. Mm-hmm. But I think part of it is also like the Panthers being like, screw you guys we liked ron rivera like he wasn't the problem you shouldn't have fired him like we're not going to try as hard in this game so uh, i i don't think that locker room is happy with that decision i think 
most any team would be lucky to have Ron Rivera. I think he's a very good coach. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, I think the Cowboys would be glad to have him. He's definitely better than Jason Garrett. I think the Giants could probably do very well with Ron Rivera. Or, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where he lands. Um, Silly season quite, hasn't quite started for the NFL yet. That usually takes until the end of the season. Um, but we'll see what, what jobs come open and where he he goes. But I think he'll do well wherever he goes. Um, so getting into my top 10, I, of course, have the LA Rams at number 10. Um, they had a very convincing win against the Seahawks where they scored zero touchdowns. Um if I have to hear another broadcaster or analyst talk about how Corey Littleton is underrated, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. <laughs> like every week, and I'm not joking, every week I have to hear about how Corey Littleton is this underrated linebacker that nobody's ever heard of. And it's like at a certain point they can't still be underrated if everybody thinks they're underrated. Mm-hmm. Um but just just some stats among linebackers he is ranked first in tackling second in coverage fifth in pass rushing and sixth in overall defense mm-hmm. like he is an all-around great linebacker like i think his contract expires at the end of this year and I am not excited for that because I don't know if we have cap space to pay him what he deserves. Um, <laughs> I really like him, and I really hope they get to keep him, and maybe the salary cap going to $200 million would, would really help. Um, but he's really good. Um, little known fact, the, the Rams have seven consecutive games with three-plus sacks, and that is the longest active streak. Um, they are one of the best teams at rushing the passer. Um, just because it's all because of Aaron Donald, just because Aaron Donald doesn't have the stellar sack stats that he might be used to. At one point, the Seahawks had four players blocking Aaron Donald on a single play. Mm -hmm. We also have Chase Matthews and Dante Fowler, who are very good at rushing the passer. So you either put too many resources stopping Aaron Donald and you have Fowler and Matthews up your ass or mm-hmm. you you try and stop everybody and Aaron Donald's going to beat his block and he's going to cause issues. Aaron Donald is going to cause issues anyways, but um yeah. Just having him yeah, they, they they he has to be double or triple teamed like all the time. So great pass rush. Todd Gurley I don't want to say Todd Gurley is back because we only really have like a two game, three game sample size, Mm -hmm. but that I don't, did you see that stiff arm? Oh, the Gurley one. Yeah. Yeah, That That was a pretty one. That was a very, that was a sick, um, stiff arm. Jared Goff said when asked, he's a bad man. That's what I told him. He's a bad dude. It was vintage Todd. And, And I agree. I think Todd Gurley this week, looked like he did all last year where he was in 70 to 80% of the snaps. 
He was mm-hmm. getting handoffs a lot. He was, he was, you know, getting a lot of seven to eight yard runs and then would eventually break a 20 to 30 yard run. Um, so I don't know if, I, I honestly don't know what's going on with Todd Gurley still. I don't know if they were trying to do the pitch count and all of a sudden they're realizing, okay, we need him or we're going to lose. Still in, yeah. Um, but the whole team stepped it up the past two weeks. The whole team has looked great. Um, Bobby Evans shut down both Khalil Mack and Jadavian Clowney. He held his own against the Ravens, and this is his fourth game as a rookie. Like, he mm-hmm. he is killing it on that offensive line. Um, I'm just – I'm really stoked with how the Rams are playing. Um they're probably going to have to win out to go to the playoffs. Um, they're a full game behind the Vikings. If they win out and the Vikings lose a game, they will go to the playoffs because the tiebreaker after head-to-head is losses in the conference. And the Vikings will have four NFC losses and the Rams will have three. Um mm-hmm. If the if the Bears, I think I think the Bears beat the Packers or play the Packers this week. If the Bears beat the Packers this week, which I don't think is going to happen, I'm not optimistic about that. I'm not counting on that. But if the the Packers um, lose this week, the Rams are guaranteed a playoff spot if they win out. Apparently, if that's not the case, there could be some shenanigans. I guess. From what I understand. Really? I don't know. I was just I was just told that that Bears game was a big deal, and <laughs> I don't think it matters. I think if they win out, they're going to the playoffs. Unfortunately, they play both the Cowboys and the 49ers, and I don't think the, the Cardinals is an automatic win either. Mm-hmm. Um, so that 49ers game is going to be really tough, Mm-hmm. And I think it's in San Francisco. I don't know. Sure. I, I should, I should also say <laughs> the Rams fans showed up against the Seahawks. They were loud. That uh-huh. stands for full. I was impressed. Um, cool. Anyways, stoked with the Rams. Hope that they went out. I think they'll keep it close with the 49ers, but I don't know. I don't know if we win that game. Um, it's a real shame because I think we definitely are better than the Vikings, but mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be better than them the whole year and we weren't. Yep. So, uh, number nine, number nine could be the Texans, but what instead is I have the Titans. Okay. Um, since Ryan Tannehill, since I've benched Mariota for Tannehill, only the Ravens have scored touchdowns at a higher rate than the Titans. Mm-hmm. Their offense has been on fire. Their red zone percentage is really high. Their offense is killing it. Their defense is good. I, the, the conference, or the conference, gosh dang it. Been talking too much college football. The division <laughs> is going to come down to probably to the game this week between the Texans and the Titans. That is a okay. huge game this week. I 
honestly am giving the edge to the Titans right now. They are on fire. They're 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 honestly doing what the Texans did last year. The last mm-hmm. last year they start I think the Texans started like one and five. Mm-hmm. And they finished the year nine and one. Mm-hmm. The tech the Titans are on the path to do something very similar where they were kind of middle of the pack and all of a sudden they made a change and they're they're killing it and they're they're beating everybody. So excited to see how they do. Um but yeah, we'll see. Um number eight, I do have the Vikings. Um I really uh, Mike Zimmer is a really good coach. Um and so with the personnel they have, if they didn't have Kirk Cousins, they're probably fighting for a top five spot but i just can't i i don't know that i could ever give a team with kirk cousins on it a top five spot Mm -hmm. um but besides kirk cousins this team is amazing it's one of the best well-built rosters in the nfl one of the most balanced rosters in the nfl where they have a really good defense but they also have Delvin Cook, who at times has looked like the best running back in the league. I don't think he is, but he has looked like it at times. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs are probably the best duo wide receivers in the NFL. Adam Thielen is coming back from injury soon, I believe. Maybe a game or two left. Um, Probably. I don't know. But really hoping that they (laughs) the bed. Really hoping (laughs) that they just all of a sudden look awful in prime time hope they lose to the chargers this week um i just i hope that whole organization just just for the next three weeks goes to hell after (laughs) that i don't really care about the vikings i don't have strong feelings either way about the vikings Um, see it's funny because i feel the same way about the rams and that's fair i mean especially before they moved to la and were dominant like but even in la it's like i think a lot of people have I think one of the LA is one of those teams that you have feelings about though. Either you like the Rams or you hate the Rams with how Yeah, like, like as NFC a Rams fan, game, as, as a lifelong that. Rams fan. Nope. It's just nope. you know, it's hard to see him move to LA. I've always, you know, will have that love of the St. Louis Rams. So, so even though that when you were born as a Rams fan, they were an LA Rams team. Yes. Because they always belonged in St. Louis. Okay. I think they always belonged in L.A., but, you know. To each their own. Number seven, I believe this is where I had them last week, but I have the Patriots. Um, Yeah, that sounds about right for last week. Didn't feel like I learned very much about the Patriots and the Chiefs. And that Chiefs game, they're the same Patriots that I've been talking about all year. Their Mm -hmm. offense isn't very good. They're short at wide receiver. They're missing Gronkowski, but that mm-hmm. defense is elite and will probably keep them in every game. Um, number six, I have the Packers. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about it now. So yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what provoked this, but recently said that he feels like he's coming up on the 18th hole and he's not going to play forever suggesting that I don't think he was suggesting that this was his last year, but it's probably suggesting that he's not going to make it to 40. Like he said at the beginning of this year, I wouldn't be shocked if in the next two years he retires. Um, I just feel like he has kind of like Andrew luck. 
where he just has hobbies outside the NFL that might at this point be like, okay, I've made a lot of money. I've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Like I can go get act and eventually make this much money again. Like he probably doesn't make 30 to 40 million in his first year acting. But I think if, I think if he, I mean, is a good actor, he could have yeah. get there, you know. Um, but there's, you know, other things he wants to do. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Like I think yeah. he's still playing at a, at a, a, a top level. And I've said it before. I would rather retire a year early, where I, where people are like, oh, he's too good to retire, than a year late, where everyone's like, oh, he should have retired last year. Yep. So. Yeah, we'll see. Sense. We'll see. I don't think he retires this year. I don't think that's on the table. But yeah. so I just looked up his contract, and just assuming he goes by his contract, I know that's not officially what it has to be, but um, he has a potential out in his contract after twenty twenty one. Okay. Um, and at that point, he'd be thirty seven. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, but he is under contract. Up until 2024, which is the year he turns 40. Right. So I think think that 2021 sounds probably about right. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I'll say this. I think if in 2020 he has another like season ending collarbone injury, Mm -hmm. that's probably the end of his career. Yep. If not, he probably does retire at the end of 2021. Yeah. Um, and like the thing is he's already played 15 seasons right and has been like an all-time great like yeah he's he's a top quarterback he's had a super bowl win um right yeah he won a super bowl okay it was in like 2011 2012 yeah, 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 yeah. somewhere in there i think it's 12 but um yeah but yeah, he already has a Super Bowl win. He's already a Hall of Famer for sure. Like, so like it's at what a certain point. Like, do you still enjoy football enough to risk your health? Yeah, and risk being mediocre, I guess. Because I I think that would hurt Aaron Rodgers more than like anything, as with his pride is just like being labeled a mediocre player. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see, but yeah, I think that 2021 exit does seem likely at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, sick number six Packers. Aaron Jones has stepped stepped up the past past like, it. four Good or five weeks. Move for me. Yeah, you're welcome. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not taking credit for that one. Um, but yeah, he's looked really good. Um, their defense has been really bad against physical run heavy teams. So if they get matched up against the the 49ers, I think they have a rough time. I think everybody else in the NFC they're competitive with. Mm-hmm. Um I I just I think the 49ers just have that mismatch. Um so they they've got to hope that when they go to the playoffs that either somebody knocks out the 49ers for them or they just play the game of their life cuz that's the only way I see them beating the 49ers. Um, number five, I have the Seahawks. I am kind of happy that I decided to move them from number two to number three. Um, last week I just, like I said before this, 
this roster isn't very special. There's there's nothing on this team other than Russell Wilson that's very special. But there's just something about this team that you, you, you just – I think they're going to be competitive in every game basically here on out. Um, I think this, this speed bump against the Ram was just that. It was just a speed bump. I think it's the Ram that's – Ram team that was on the rise and that were playing for something. And um, and we're hot. And their defense kind of shut down the Seahawks offense. So we'll see. They might lose a few more spaces here in the next couple weeks, especially since they have another game against the 49ers. We'll see how they do in that game. Um, they did win the first game against the 49ers, but George Kittle was out of that game. I didn't realize that <laughs> at first. So that's that's huge. If you watch the big. 49ers game this week, George Kittle, George Kittle basically won the game for him this week. Um, so like him not being there is pretty big. Um, number four, I have the Chiefs. Um, they did enough to put away the Patriots. Um, I don't think they looked super spectacular against the Patriots, but you've also got to remember that that's the Patriots defense that's one of the best, if not the best in the NFL. And it was clear that Mahomes was dealing with something with his hand. He couldn't throw the ball mm-hmm. deep. Like he was just like, he was holding it all game. Like something was off. He couldn't, he just wasn't Mahomes. So I have him at number four. I still think that uh, they're the second team in the AFC and think they're really good um, when Mahomes is healthy. Um, if Mahomes ever gets injured, this team is going to drop to a subpar. It's probably on par with a sub-500 team. Um, but while they have Mahomes, they're, they're at number four right now. Number three, I have the Saints. Um Despite them losing to the 49ers, I thought they looked better in that game than the Chiefs did against the Patriots. Um, they that game, you missed. You didn't watch that game, did you? I didn't watch it. That was that's one of the best games I've ever watched. Like that oh, really? was that was on par. I th- yeah, I think I saw a bunch of stuff about it online. Yeah, w- like it was on par with that Rams Chiefs game of last year, where it was like these two powerhouse teams going at it with. And just a shootout where, like, both of these teams are known for having good defenses. And mm-hmm. the offenses were what won this game. Like, there was defensive plays for sure. But, mm-hmm. like, it came down to which offense was better. And the 49ers had the better offense. And I think the better defense as well. Um, so, yeah, I did put the Saints at number three. But they are still a very good team. Um, they will be competitive with everyone. If they get in that NFC championship again with the 49ers, it will be a very competitive game again. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily know that it is a shootout like this game. It might be a more low scoring game, more, more in the twenties, mm-hmm. but I think that'd be a good game. I would not be sad if that ended up being the NFC championship game. Um, so that does mean I did put the 49ers at number two. Um, okay. They did have a few big injuries in this game. Um, their center tore his right patellar tendon, which means he's out for season, um, which is pretty big. He's been playing pretty well. He's not like 
oh my god, one of the best centers in the world kind of thing, but he has been playing solid and has been a solid part of that offensive line. And losing mm-hmm. any part of your solid line, your offensive line, especially the center who's kind of like that anchor, is big. So them losing their center is big. Richard Sherman, I can't remember what happens, but he he's out for at least three weeks, which will be big against in that game against the Rams. Their nickel corner also got injured and will be out for a couple of weeks. Will also miss that game against the Rams. So, um, if Jared Goff can play like he played against the Seahawks. That game will be very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, that honestly, I think that's how that 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 game's going to come down to. How well does Jared Goff play? How badly does the 49ers beat up on Jared Goff? Because if Jared Goff can have a game where, get, like he did against the Seahawks, where he's comfortable and he's making these throws, they'll be competitive with anybody. Keep up with them, yeah. But, yeah, that makes sense. But if Jared Goff reverts to how he's been playing before this past couple of weeks, we're going to get mm-hmm. demolished. So we'll see if the the Rams can keep this up. They have, like, I'm just really excited to see them look like they did last year. <laughs> Actually be good. Yeah. yeah. Like it's nice. Like I, I did go about 10 years without them or eight, yeah, it was eight years without a winning season. So like I can, I can deal with them not being very good. I mean, I I was right there, also being a fan of them through those. Name name very a single different. quarterback who played for the Rams during that time, not named Nick Foles. And I don't even think Wait. you would have came up with Nick Foles. Um, Kurt Warner was already gone then, right? Yep, he left in like two thousand five, two thousand six. Um, well, there were just so many good ones. And there wasn't ones. actually. Like the best quarterback might have been Mark Bulger, who wasn't. Oh, yeah, good. I remember Mark Bulger. He's awful. I mean, he wasn't compared was to the some of the quarterbacks we had after Mark Bulger. He wasn't bad, but I don't know. I just have this like going from Kurt Warner to Mark Bulger. It could you could tell that he wasn't as good because all of a sudden Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce aren't looking as good. Mm-hmm. Isaac Bruce did play with Mark Bulger, right? I think I think so. I think he played a couple of years before he retired with Mark Bulger. I assume so. Um. Anyways, as a Rams fan, I can tell you he did. Okay, I'll believe you as a Rams fan. Um. <laughs> it it just I knew I was gonna they were gonna be bad for those years, so I kind of prepared for my like this year. I came in with like they could be a Super Bowl team again, and then like the beginning of the season you're like they might not be a playoff team this year and then all of a sudden it's a i could see them playing against anybody and beating them to yep. i have no idea how they're going to do if they even make the playoffs so um and then with that the ravens are number 1 lamar jackson oh my god that kid is good and looking good with the white glove and sleeve on. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So in case you missed that, um, a San Francisco broadcaster said that because um, Lamar had black skin next to – or brown skin, whatever, against a brown no, he said ball. Black. He said black, yeah. Okay. Black skin against the football, he he got it easier hiding on the trick plays because it's harder to see the ball. So the next game, he wore white sleeves and a white glove to just like show his middle finger of a 
no, I'm just good. All right. Like that's what I like about Lamar Jackson. He isn't going on the news. Like I'm the best there is. You can suck my dick. I'm like, I'm really, really, really good. He's more of the, like, I'm, I'm just going to go out there and play my game. I, I'm excited to play with my team. I'm going to try and do the best by my team, stuff like that. But then also the pretty good for a running back kind of thing oh, where yeah. he kind of gets those, these those jabs in where he's not being, like, super douchey about it, but is also like that, hey, you're wrong. I'm going to show you you're wrong. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. So Which I really is, I think, the him. perfect way to go about it. Um, Marcus Peters has been a huge addition to this team. Um, he made the the play to ice this game. He he batted down the ball at the end of this game to to win against the Bills. He then did a Lambo leap into the stadium, and the fan like poured his beer into Mark Peters. Like it looked like Marcus Peters was doing like shotgunning in the stadium. Oh, I thought he was just shotgunning it. Maybe I didn't know that was that. the fan doing that. That thought, looked like that was just him doing that. Maybe it was. Maybe I just saw it wrong. Maybe he was doing it. He stole it. Uh, but I don't know. He, he, either way, it's funny. Uh, and either way, he's been really good on this defense. He's made this defense more aggressive, which I think is, is where Marcus Peters is good, where he can be aggressive, where he can jump routes, where he knows that the guy behind him has his back. Whereas with the system the Rams were running a lot of times it was just him. So if he tried to jump the route and the guy pulled a double move, he's going to look bad because all of a sudden this guy is wide open running towards the end zone. Um, so Ravens defense has looked really good. The offense is spectacular. Again, I really wish he had a star wide receiver. I think they would be unstoppable, but without him, even with just Willie Sneed and Marquise Brown, they're really damn good. I um, mean, he uses tight ends like I've never seen. Like, well, okay, that's a lie. I've seen Kansas City and Patriots use their tight ends like that, but not three tight ends almost evenly. Like, I don't know. I just really like the way they run their offense. Um, excited to see them play, and I think they're still Super Bowl favorites. Yeah, they look. I I think I agree there. All right. Um, with that, I think that's it for me this week. Um, nope. thanks for listening. Follow us and tweet us at OC bystanders on Twitter. Yeah. And if you retweet us or, or if you share a link to the thing or do anything to promote the podcast on like Spotify or something, we'll retweet you and, and give you a shout out on the pod. Yeah. I'll, I'll shout out your name or whatever. Or I'll say whatever you wanted me to say. I, yeah, I'll if sell out anything for, like, you put, retweets. we will say on the pod. I guarantee it. Anything, anything that you say, we will say on the pod. I might have to. I might have to beat the beep it all out, but I'll still say it. Yeah, there's for there's the nothing that we won't say if you share the pod. Let's put it this way: you have to tag us and put a link to the Spotify. That's it. And then you can put in quotes what you want us to say, and we'll do it. Fair enough. I mean, it might be Mason saying that since he made the deal, but yeah, I'll, I, I'll, I would, I'll, I would also thing. participate yep. for most things. Yep. There's, there's, there's probably one or two things you probably won't catch me saying just because I don't want to ever be on the record saying those things. Besides that, if you're not a terrible person, I'll say anything. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. There are a few <laughs> things I don't want to be on the record saying. Yeah. So there are limits, but there there's Don't be hateful, be funny. Yeah. yeah. Make us say ridiculous things that embarrass us. Don't try and make us say terrible things because I'm not gonna say terrible things. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. So there are limits, but they're they're very they're very limited. A normal person you would obviously not yeah. say. Yeah. So. We we would hope that there's things that you wouldn't even yeah. tweet, let alone try and get us to say. So that's a good point. There are things that people probably wouldn't want to tweet anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just use your own logic. But yeah, yeah. So do that. Help promote the pod. All right. Cool. We'll do it. With that, I think we will see you next week and hopefully a couple of your friends. Yeah. Dope. See ya. Bye.